Hey guys, it's Simi, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 13th of August, 2021, to talk about everything that went down tonight on both Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage, the debut of AEW Rampage. I thought both shows were pretty good, easy to watch shows. I didn't really dislike... <laughs> On SmackDown, I didn't like the Baron Corbin stuff. On Dynamite, and I get we'll talk about all this once we get through it. On Dynamite, I liked that Fuego finally got a contract. I just didn't like when they did it. Because of the stipulations and circumstances on the match that took place two minutes before that. But, but... We'll get into all that as we're going to talk about both of these shows. And I got to say thank you for watching us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited, on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out either by donating some bits in the live chat, hitting that donate button down below, or subscribing to the channel. You can subscribe one of two different ways. You can subscribe. Just like Rosario did just now, just now, with a tier one subscription for five months. I really do appreciate that, Rosario. But if you say, I don't got $5 to give you like Rosario, but I pay Mr. Jeff Bezos and Amazon for Amazon Prime every month, well, you're in luck. Because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you one free subscription to any which channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribe to us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. On the flip side, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out in the live chat with a super chat, or just like Jack Dawson with a super sticker donation. Really appreciate that. Remember, you can also subscribe to the channel here on Twitch by becoming a channel member, hitting that join button down below. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to non-news videos, early access to podcasts, emojis, badges next to your name, and so much more. Also remember to subscribe and support us over at patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. But with that, we've got two shows to talk about. We're going to kick it off with Friday Night SmackDown and main event with the debut of AEW Rampage. So let's start talking about SmackDown that kicked off with John Cena. John Cena opened up tonight's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. They opened it up with a John Cena, Roman Reigns, face-to-face. Cena and Reigns were just awesome. This is like the best promo back and forth interaction thing we've seen in wrestling in a while. This was fantastic. Cena pointed out the school's back. He's decided to give Roman Reigns his report card now. He first gave Reigns a D and called him a disappointment. Cena then promised to give Reigns an F at SummerSlam. Cena also decided to give the fans a pop quiz. Fans broke out in a loud Cena chant. He asked the fans if they think they think Reigns will beat the hell out of him at SummerSlam. They booed loudly. Cena then admitted, "No, they may act. He actually probably will beat the crap out of me, the hell out of me, at SummerSlam." He says, "But I will win the title. Universal Champion Roman Reigns would come out with Paul Heyman." After commercial break, Cena welcomed Reigns into the ring. Reigns didn't want to waste time and told Cena to get to it. Cena isn't going to waste time, but promised to beat Reigns in one week from tomorrow. He added that Reigns thinks the company belongs to him, but it really belongs to the fans. He said that Reigns had failed over and over, but management for some reason kept protecting him. We then got faint Roman sucks chants. Cena noted that it's either going to be Team Reigns or Team Cena come SummerSlam. Fans booed Reigns and broke into a loud Let's Go Cena chant. Reigns wasn't impressed by any of this. He was hoping for something new from Cena, not the same old, same old. He admitted, Cena that is, that Reigns would beat the hell out of him at SummerSlam. 
He mocked Reigns for using the Superman punch and insulted Paul Heyman. He said that he knows that Reigns will beat the hell out of him, but all he has to do is survive and pin Reigns one, two, three. Fans then chanted one, two, three, one, two, three, and Cena each time counted one, two, three, one, two, three. Cena pointed out that if he wins the title, that makes him a 17-time world champion. Cena claimed he's back to help Reigns. Then the shit just started popping off. Reigns talked about Cena's accomplishments and his movie career. He's like, how many movies you got that we can send you back to? Like four or something? We praised Cena and said that he'd be on the Mount Rushmore wrestling one day. Reigns added that Cena is even good enough to win the WWE Championship, but not good enough to win the Universal Championship. I go, oh, what a line. Then Roman hits us with, over the last 20 years, Missionary position's been good enough for you, but it wasn't good enough for Nikki Bella. I almost fell out of my seat. I was just like, oh, oh, there we go. There we go. Such a fire line if we've ever seen one. That line was fantastic. But then Cena came back with some quips of his own. I mean, at one point, well, before, yeah, Cena comes and he's like, hell, you ruined a lot of careers. You almost ruined Seth Rollins. Cena takes a breath. Damn, you ran uh, Dean Ambrose out of the WWE. And I'm just like, damn. Another fire line. And these two just kept going back and forth. Cena made fun of Reigns' teeth at one point as well and noted that he doesn't give up. Cena promised to win one Two, three. No, three. One, two, three. Promise to leave Allegiance. I love this one. He goes, when I beat you and win that title, I'm going to take that title. I'm going to jump over that barricade. I'm going to run out of Allegiance Stadium. Maybe blow you a kiss right before. And I won't say the champ is here because the champ will be gone. A CM Punk Money in the Bank 2011 reference there. Gotta love it. This segment was fan-freaking-tastic. I loved this. Cena ain't going to win that title. Cena is not going to win the the Universal title from Roman Reigns. But how great was this? I mean, there is that 5% chance. I'm going to say it right now. There's that 5% chance that Cena wins the title from Roman Reigns Gets number 17, then on September 10th in Madison Square Garden, boom, Roman gets the title back. There is that slight maybe 5% chance. I will say that. I, I, I will say that. So Next up, speaking of titles, matches and titles being on the line, we've got Apollo Crews versus King Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura. And before the match even starts, they told you who was winning. When you have a title match and the champion doesn't even get an intro, an entrance, an intro, a none of that, you're basically saying, oh, hey, um, your champ, the champ's dropping the belt. This match went 10 minutes, and they both worked really hard. Cruz scored a quick near fall early, but Nakamura took over with a drop kick. He had the advantage until Aziz caused a distraction. Cruz was firmly in control and blocked a superplex attempt. Boogs then jumped on the apron and started playing his guitar. Cruz jumped off the top and went after Boogs. The referee then sent Boogs away, said, Nuh-uh, you ain't doing this, you're ejected. Aziz then jumped on the apron, tried to climb into the ring. The referee saw him, stopped him, ejected him. And then Boogs tried to get a little too cute for his own britches. Referee... Ejects, and most people might not have even noticed this, but the referee ejects um, Aziz, and like 10 seconds later, we go to commercial. But right before we hear the commercial, we hear, and I go, Boogs, you're playing the Na 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 song because he got ejected right after you just got ejected? Mm, mm, that didn't work. 
That didn't work. Mm. If Boogs would have never got ejected, that would have been one thing that would have been funny. It would have been a cool little spot. But A, well, actually, there, there can't be a B. My B was going to be something that Boogs wouldn't have had control over anyways. But a, anyways, if Boogs wouldn't have got ejected first, that would have been a funny spot. But it just, mm, no, no, no. I do want to thank, and I'm going to butcher this name, Cesaronarana, Cesaronarana26, for being our 1,000th follower here on Twitch. I want to say thank you for getting us to that 1,000 follower mark here on Twitch. Back from a commercial break, Nakamura climbed to the top rope, but Cruz cut him off. He followed up with the superplex for a near fall. Cruz attempted a frog splash, but Nakamura got his knees up. Nakamura went for the Kinsasha, but Cruz cut him off. Cruz attempted a pin with his feet on the ropes, but the referee caught him. Cruz hit a German suplex, close near fall. Followed this up with a powerbomb for another close near fall. Nakamura then countered an Olympic slam into an arm drag and started running a wild. Nakamura scored another near fall. Hit a released German suplex. Nakamura then hit the Kinsasha and pinned Apollo Crews to become now a two-time, two-time Intercontinental Champion. So this was great. I thought the match was fun. And I think Nakamura winning this title, perfect. Some people say, WWE don't build people up. They just do things. Well, to be completely honest... Other than, and I didn't like the Baron Corbin Nakamura stuff, but even with that, you do have to admit that they've actually done a good job building up Nakamura from being a heel, transitioning him to babyface, and giving him momentum all the way to this title win. So this wasn't just a, like a, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, oh, this guy just got a title shot tonight and he won the belt. It wasn't. It was actually somebody that was picking up steam, Picking up wins, looking good every single week, better and better and better and better and better and better every week. And then bada bing, bada boom. There we go. He won the title. So I like that. I like that over the last month and a half, almost two months, they've, and we didn't notice this because it's WWE and we all think, oh, whatever WWE doesn't really, does, doesn't really matter. But now seeing that Nakamura won the belt, it, did make sense that they were actually pushing Nakamura, elevating Nakamura, building him up to becoming the new Intercontinental Champion. Now, I know what a lot of you are going to say, Tim, don't be so naive. You think WWE had a plan to put a title on him two months ago? How <laughs> poppycock. They might have. They might have. Going forward. Boogs celebrated with Nakamura. Pat McAfee danced as well. To recap the stuff going on with the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy, we learned that Montez Ford has been cleared to return to action. Street Profits were interviewed in Gorilla by Caleb Braxton. Ford talked about Otis injuring him weeks ago. Ford admitted that he was in so much pain that he couldn't even laugh. Angelo Dawkins added that Ford was like family to him. He promised to get revenge against Chad Gable and Otis next. And then we had a tag team match between the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy. That went a minute and 50 seconds. Yeah. Ford sent Gable in the corner. He tagged in Otis. Otis caught forward with a slam. Dawkins then tried to take the advantage. Otis took the advantage, though. Otis beat down Dawkins, backed him into their corner. Otis hit a big splash. Gable gave him a high five. Referee thought that was a tag, and things went to shit from there. Dawkins then pushed Gable into Otis and knocked him off the apron. Ford then hit a huge dive over the top ropes to Otis. Dawkins hit the pop-up neckbreaker move and picked up the victory. So, quick match. It was like a minute and a half, minute 50 seconds, I think is what I timed it at. So, yeah, it was all right. In the back, Seth Rollins was in production, yelling at everybody to have his video package ready. Got a quick glimpse of one Mr. Kevin Dunn. Um, this person says, Is it me, or am I the only one with these? Am I not the only one? Your comment doesn't make sense, Forbidden King. Am 
going to read it verbatim. But this does, I, I think I get what you mean, but I'm not 100% sure. Is it me or am I the only one with these interviews from Gorilla? Only one what? Not liking them, liking them, thinking they're cool, thinking them they're dumb. What? What? Ooh, I want to say thank you to Cold Cuts on Twitch for the tier one subscription at seven months. Thank you for that subscription there, Cold Cuts. So going forward, Seth Rollins made his way out to the ring. Now, now, WWE mentioned earlier in the day that both Seth and Edge were supposed to be on the show live. No Edge. Don't know what happened to Rated R Superstar. Anyways, Rollins made his way out to the ring and noted that Edge isn't in the arena. Actually, hold on. I'm going to make sure that I read that right. Let me find that tweet really fast. WWE. Pretty sure it was from WWE. Let's scroll here. Also just got a message saying Naomi was backstage at SmackDown for the first time since she's been moved to SmackDown. That's good. Fortunately, she wasn't used on SmackDown, though. Um, Let's go WWE Twitter. Edge Seth. Edge Seth. Edge Seth. Okay, is this it? Nope, that's not it. Those are Fruity Pebble John Cena shirts. WWE's really running a thing on Twitter. What was the best John Cena shirt? Interesting. Um, Where the heck? Maybe it was WWE on Fox that sent that out. That's the case, then. Sometimes they don't know what the hell's going on. Let's see. Maybe it was WWE on Fox that sent out... thing about maybe on Fox Twitter tweet boom 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 scroll 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 let's see oh I guess maybe I read something wrong it's just one week to go until SummerSlam how will the mind games go between Seth Rollins and Edge. I could have swore. No. Hold up. I know where it was. I know where this where I'm where I saw this. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Where is WWE's right here? Email. Okay. How can I? Pull this up. I don't want you guys seeing all my emails. Let's see. Hold on. I know what I can do. This came from WWE. This email. It said, Edge and Seth Rollins appearing live tonight on SmackDown. Appearing live tonight on SmackDown. Where was Edge? I mean, we got this. Got everything else that was announced. Oh. Edge and Seth Rollins appearing live tonight on SmackDown. I knew I wasn't losing it. I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I read it somewhere. Anyways. Null in void. Rollins pointed out that Edge called him Edge Light. He didn't like that. Rollins admitted that it might be true, but he's better than Edge. Rollins then gave us a video package that basically showed that their careers were similar, but his was just a little bit better. They showed different things like when Edge started, he was in a group called The Brood. He was just a guy in that group. When Rollins started off on the main roster, he was in a group called The Shield that had impactful debuts and moments. They showed Edge being the first person to ever cash in Money in the Bank. They called it historic because it was the first ever Money in the Bank cash in. Yet, Seth Rollins did him one better and cashed his Money in the Bank contract in at WrestleMania. He said that Edge, twice, won the Royal Rumble, but was never able to capture the championship off of it at WrestleMania. Yet, Seth won the Rumble in 2019. He went on to become the Beast Slayer and the Universal Champion. 
Crypto come back from the video package, which is a great video package. They had the narrator there and everything talking about it all. Fans broke out into a loud, we want Edge chant. Rollins feels that Edge and the fans should be thanking him, thanking him because he didn't permanently injure Edge back in 2014. Rollins noted that it's not 2014 anymore. He's a changed man. He's different. This time, he won't hesitate to end Edge and his career at SummerSlam. Uh, give me one second, guys. Got to ban this person in the chat. Bingo, you're gone. I think, what the hell? Come on. on YouTube. Someone's spamming the YouTube chat. And it won't let me block them. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Give me one second, guys, to fix this. Okay, I think it may have... No? I mean, one more second, guys. Double check this. Make sure it's good. Still not? No. Come on, YouTube. You're going to let this guy... You're going to let this guy do this? Yeah, I don't know, Chase Douglas. What is this person spamming? I don't know. But I think I took care of it. I think we took care of it. All right. Nope, there's another. You've got to be kidding me. I can't even do anything about this. It's not working. Two seconds, guys. I need to check something. Let's go YouTube... Try and block this person. I can't even try to figure out how to block them because their name, they don't even have a real name on YouTube. I can't even tell. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know what I can do. Let me do one thing here. We're going to do some stuff on the fly. Settings. Community. Hidden user. Band user. Same thing. It says he's banned from we from being in the chat. So I don't know why his messages are still going. Gabriel Perez, I've tried to ban him. I've clicked it five times. Timeout, ban. I'm reporting it. If you guys can also... Click this guy's stuff in the YouTube chat and report it to YouTube. That would be great. Hopefully that way I can get him banned. Because it says he's on my band list, but for some reason, it's still letting him post more. But it's calmed down. I think we're good now. That was weird. I haven't had that happen before. Someone Like, I've had people come in and spam the chat, but not like that. And it's still going. And it's still, how is it still going? Are these, like, multiple accounts? It's got to be. They're different accounts. They are. I can tell. They're different accounts. Someone's just logging into different accounts, but with the same picture and... Yep, nope. Wow. Wow. This is very, very weird. And that one, too. Again, I apologize to the YouTube chat. I There's nothing I can do about this right now. This guy's got multiple accounts that he keeps just... Relogging into. Yep, there's another one. What is going on? This is very, very weird. And another one. Another different account. Block that one too. Wow, like, I, I again, I might have to just turn the chat off. Here, I know what I'm going to do. I know what I can do. Give me one more second, guys. I can at least turn the chat into slow mode. And so we can't comment as much. It's, it's unfortunate for the rest of you, but it's going to be what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to turn slow mode on, on the chat. Hopefully that works. I've never turned the chat to slow mode before. So, 
I'm like, I've never had to, so we'll see. Okay, slow mode has been enabled. Now let's see. You, know, you can't post a comment more than once every 60 seconds. So this guy's going to keep spamming, but there's not much I can do about it. There's not much I can do about it. I really do apologize. It's unfortunate. Guy's ruining the review, but... <clears throat> I can at least kind of get a hold of it doing the slow mode. Where every time he comments, I can catch him really fast and ban the, the other account. So moving on, in the back, it was Ray and Dominic. Dominic talked about how they've beat the Usos before, and he's confident that they can do it again at SummerSlam, and this and that. And Ray's just like, no. No, do not talk like that. You never want to feel overconfident. You lost last week, Dominic. So do not feel overconfident like that. And Dominic's like, I understand. Yeah, you have a point. And so, they talk about how you're going to have a match tonight. They're going to take on Ziggler and Rude and this and that. And the match goes 3 minutes and 25 seconds. The match itself, I liked. But I didn't like what they did with the Usos. So, they had a good match. Didn't get a lot of time. Match went like 3 minutes, 25 seconds or so. And Ray caught Rude with the tilt to whirl head scissors early on to take the advantage. Ziggler caused a distraction, and Rude hit a backbreaker to take over. Ziggler hit a clothesline in the corner, and Rude followed this up with a spine buster. Ziggler slowed down the pace with a chin lock. The heels then isolated Ray in their corner, but Ray fought back. He hit a senton on Ziggler, and Dominic got the hot tag. Dominic then hit a crossbody for a near fall and ran wild. He knocked Rude off the apron, but Ziggler hit a famouser for a near fall. Dominic then continued to take control, set up for a 619 when the Usos, this is why I didn't like the Usos, would pop up on the screen. The Usos would pop up on the screen to try and cause the distraction to the, to the Mysterios, and it distracted Dominic. This distracted Dominic long enough for Rude to tag himself in. He tried to jump Dominic from behind, but Ray pushed Dominic out of the way. Dominic then rolled up Rude and picked up the victory. Like, if you're going to have the Usos cause a distraction, have the motherfuckers come out and do it, at least up on the stage or the ramp or something. Don't just have them on the big screen. That was kind of dumb. I never liked that kind of stuff. Unless they're actually doing a, a back and forth kind of, you're in the back talking, I'm in the ring talking kind of thing. That's different. But when the heels just pop up on the screen during a match, I've never been a fan of that. I've never been a fan of that at all myself, particularly. And, hey, that's just my opinion on it. Other people may think, hey, it was effective, it worked, it was cool. But I didn't. I didn't like that. What else I didn't like is this bum-ass Baron Corbin stuff. Baron Corbin made his way to the ring. Michael Cole noted that this is the, quote, last chance he has to beg the fans for money. Corbin talked about his recent problems, and the fans cheered. He claimed, this is the last time I'm going to ask you guys for money publicly. He added that he needs $1,000 from each fan tonight so he doesn't have to file bankruptcy. He's got one of these square things that he plugs into a phone, and he can, well, use it to scan their credit cards. Pat McAfee asked, how does a homeless guy have a credit card scanner? Cue up Kevin Owens. So Owens makes his way out. Corbin said that he knows why Owens is out here, but he doesn't know if the scanner accepts Canadian credit cards. Owen noted that Corbin shouldn't be asking the fans for money. Pointed out that Corbin ruined Finn Balor's SummerSlam shot to try and get a big payday off of a title match. That's the first mention of Finn Balor tonight that, well, we didn't see at all. Owens then mentioned that Corbin went to Raw and even begged Drew McIntyre for money. Uh, since Saturday, we haven't got to that spot yet. They say that after the segment. So Owens mentioned that, uh, I already read that line. Owens agreed to give Corbin some money if Corbin can beat him. But Owens said, and this was stupid to even put on there. If you can't beat me, you can't ask the fans for money anymore. 
Bro, they just said this is the last time he's going to do it. That was stupid. That was stupid because it's like you just say something, then you got to say this to do this. It, meh, meh, meh. So Corbin agrees to the match, and then we go from there. Also on commentary, they stated that Corbin got the phone because he's on his mom's family plan, and I think they said something along the lines of he got the, the credit card scanner from an Uber driver. In the back, we see Sasha Banks preparing for the contract signing. Going forward, we had Kevin Owens versus Baron Corbin. They went almost 10 minutes long. Went way longer than I expected. Corbin was still hurting. from Oh, I forgot to mention. During the... During the... Um, little back and forth between Owens and Corbin. Corbin was like... Duh, uh, I forget what he said, but he was poking at Kevin Owens. So Owens hit him with a stunner. So when the match starts, he's still selling the stunner. Owens rolls him up and gets a two. Owens recovered and rocked Corbin with chops in the corner. Corbin fought back and went for a clothesline, but Owens to get him with a super kick. Owens hit a cannonball in the corner for a near fall. Owens climbed to the top, but Corbin cut him off. Corbin knocked Owens to the floor and tried to win by count out, but Owens beat the count. Excuse me. Owens then blocked a suplex on the apron and went for a pile driver. Corbin reversed it and gave Owens a backdrop on the apron. Back from a break, Owens and Corbin fought on the top turnbuckle. Owens knocked Corbin down and hit a swanton bomb for a near fall. Corbin fought back and hit a clothesline for a close two. Owens fought back with the forearm and a headbutt. Corbin tried to roll up Owens at one point and fell on, and fell well, ugh, with his feet on the ropes, but only got a two off of it. Corbin avoided the stunner, but Owens fought back, hit a sunset flip, and picked up the victory. Uh, Corey Brown, I don't know who's muted for you. Not me. Not me. After the match, Owens gave Corbin yet another stunner. Whoopee! This did nothing for me. At all. So in the back, Bianca Belair was playing some game that looked like maybe Hangman with Big E, but it wasn't Hang. I don't know what this was. It was... Filling in the blanks with words and letters. I don't know. I don't know. So going forward, Kayla Braxton went to interview Baron Corbin, and she's like, Baron Corbin, what's next? And he didn't say a word, but he, he sees something off in the distance. He runs. Pushes Big E, who was on the other side of a table, grabs the Money in the Bank briefcase, and bolts. And my first thought was, why isn't Big E running after him? Why are we not seeing Big E bolting off after him? You know what I mean? Because that camera just sat there for a good minute and a half. Watching Corbin run, turn, and then disappear. But no, Big E didn't run after him. So that's, that's a weird one. Then we move on to our main event segment of SmackDown. It was the contract signing for the SmackDown Women's Championship match at SummerSlam. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. I didn't like this at all. This was meh at best. Sonya Deville hosted the contract signing. My first thought was, Sonya, why do you seem a little off? Like, she seemed a little nervous. I've never seen Sonya Deville seem nervous like this when talking. It's like she missed her cue or her lines or something. Fans gave Sasha a big reaction when she came out. Yeah, Belair got a big pop from the crowd as well. I think Sasha got a little bigger of a pop, though. So Belair noted that Banks could have just asked her for the title shot instead of having to backstab her last week. Banks pointed out that Belair used her, uh, or her, her stank ponytail at WrestleMania to pick up the victory and also gave her a scar on her back. Her stank ponytail. They started arguing till DeVille stopped them. She noted, I know these contract signings always go, so we need to just get this done right now. I want you both to sign the contract now. And Sasha's like looking at it, and she goes, you know what? I can't sign this unless I have witnesses. Come on, witnesses. Out comes Carmella. Out comes Zelina Vega. I guess they're now in a group with, with Sasha leading it. I don't know. Can we just get one of these groups made in NXT? 
with Mandy Rose, whatever. So Sasha signs a contract with Carmella and Zelina. She hands it over to Belair. Banks calls her a rookie who didn't see this coming because Sasha is always two steps ahead. Belair does the whole sign the contract. Keep signing, but watch you guys so you don't attack me. Look back down. Watch you guys so you don't attack me. Look back down. Throw it at Sasha and try to run, but she couldn't really run. Carmella and Zelina went after her. She got the better of the two for a moment before the numbers were too much for the champ. Banks would hit a backstabber on Belair. They looked more like an edge manic Maybe it was just the angle of the camera, but she then threw Belair over the table. Banks then pulled her onto the table, grabbed the ponytail, wrapped it around face of Bianca Belair and put her in the crossface, the bank statement with the ponytail in the mouth or inch him back on the face. So that was the end of SmackDown. I thought SmackDown was all right. Like I thought SmackDown was good. I thought the end was all right. I liked the show as a whole. Didn't really care much for like the last two segments of the show, the Baron Corbin stuff and the, the um, contract signing just didn't do it for me. But everything else before that, I enjoyed. So with that, now I want to know what you guys thought of tonight's SmackDown. Let's check the polls. Or as the Twitch poll does go, 80% of you like SmackDown tonight. With 20% thinking it was just all right. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 75% of you like tonight's SmackDown. 20% thought it was just all right. And a 4% did not like tonight's SmackDown. Now, guys, it's time. Time to talk about Rampage. Get the poll up for Rampage. See what you guys thought of tonight's Rampage. Make a new poll. What did you think of the debut of Rampage? Liked. Whoop. I liked it. Was all right. Didn't polls live on Twitch. Throw the same poll up on YouTube really fast. What did you think of the debut of Rampage? Liked it. It was all right. Didn't. All right. There we go. There we go. But with that, guys. We've got to talk about AEW Rampage, the debut edition in Pittsburgh, EA. Corey Alexander says that I loved SmackDown. I was there. Awesome. Awesome. I heard John Cena worked after this match or after the show. Anyways. Uh, Rampage started up in the show's introduction and presentation package were very similar to the graphics for the commercials, which we expected. got Excalibur, Taz, Jericho, and Mark Henry on commentary. Dasha Fuentes seems to be the Rampage ring announcer. The show opens up, and it's Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega with the Impact World Championship on the line. And I really did like this match. What I didn't like was the commentary. Not a fan of this four-man booth. And I really didn't like Mark Henry on commentary. I just it just didn't do it for me. And I really didn't like Mark Henry being the, the rampage, the Tony Schiavone rampage in the back doing interviews and interviewing guys. It just didn't work for me. Mark Henry interviewing guys just didn't do it for me. I don't know if it's just I love Tony Schiavone that much, but I don't know. But they had a strong lockup to start. Christian took Omega down with a shoulder tackle, then flipped him off. Omega feigned a knuckle lock and laid in some strikes, including a couple hard chops. He went for a one-winged angel, but Christian turned it into a kill switch attempt, forcing Omega to escape to the floor and regroup. Christian pursued Omega outside the ring, but was taken advantage of upon re-entry. He avoided a baseball slide and hit a running dropkick, sending Omega back to the floor. Christian climbed the ropes, but Callus distracted him and Omega sent him crashing outside, leading to a commercial break. Once back, Christian fired up with a snap suplex. Omega raked the eyes and pushed him into the corner. 
They fought on the top rope where Christian hit a sunset bomb. He landed 20 punches in the corner before hitting a drop down right hand and driving a diving uppercut for a two. Commentary, they kept talking about how Taz and Jericho and Henry have all faced Christian before and know that he's a formidable foe. They also talked about the rivalry between Toronto, where Christian's from, and Winnipeg, where uh, Kenny Omega's from. Christian went for a kill switch, but Omega fought out and hit a You Can't Escape for a two. Christian hit a reverse DDT for a near fall of his own. Omega countered a running attack into a V-trigger, a powerbomb, and another V-trigger for another near fall. Christian fought out of the one-winged angel. Omega tried to turn it into uh, Cryout's Wrath, but Christian fought out and hit a spear for a great near fall. Omega hit a snapdragon suplex to counter another kill switch attempt, then followed it up with another, and Christian stopped the momentum of a V-trigger and snapped Omega's neck over the top rope. He followed this up with a frog splash for a very close near fall where the fans started counting or chanting A-E-Dub, 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 A-E-Dub. So Callus distracted the official, allowing Omega to hit a low blow. The Young Bucks would come out and slide a chair to Omega because it can't be a big AEW match without interference. Omega tries to hit the one-winged angel on the chair. Christian fights out of it. Hits a kill switch on the chair. Remember, Don's got the referee all kinds of distracted here. Christian then pins the world champion and becomes the new Impact Wrestling and TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Christian is the champ. That means coming up at Emergence, we're probably going to get what we should be getting Christian Cage versus Brian Myers. What kind of match? That's actually probably not going to be a bad match at all. I actually want to watch that. Christian Cage and Brian Myers at Emergence. It's supposed to be Kenny Omega and Brian Myers, but we'll see how this goes. I think every match tonight was predictable in how we were going to finish. I had a very, very hard inkling that Christian would win the title. Kenny's going to be super pissed and want to add maybe a step to the match at all. I don't know. I don't know. So after the match, Jurassic Express would run down and congratulate and celebrate with Christian. Also, we saw the Impact EVP, Scott Damore. So after the commercial break, Mark Henry's in the back with Christian and Jurassic Express. Christian said that he feels great, but it's too hot tonight in Pittsburgh. He's glad Mark is here. Christian said that he's going to take all of Omega's titles. But Omega's real deal? Uh, but Omega is the real deal, he said. It's going to be nearly impossible to win the AEW World Championship because that is where Omega's head's at. That is where Omega is going to be at his best. And my first thought was, oh, so you're basically telling us Kenny didn't try tonight. It's the Impact title. Who fuck cares about the Impact title? Kenny doesn't, so he didn't even try tonight. He's going to try it all out when the main title's on the line, but it's just the Impact title. He didn't care tonight. Whatever. He let you win. Like, that diminished... Christian's title win so bad. It made Christian's title win seem almost meaningless when he goes out there and says, you know, Kenny's good, but I think when I fight him for the AEW world title, he's going to be even better on that night. He might even be impossible to beat. And I go, don't, don't just, don't just make your title win now seem insignificant and inferior. So that's what they did there. That's what they did there. Next up, in a very predictable match, there's a TNT title on the line, Miro against Fuego Del Sol. A video package played before the match where Fuego said that he deserves a contract with AEW. And God's favorite champion will be, quote, baptized by fire. So step on this match, not only is the TNT title on the line, but if Fuego can win, he gets a contract with Ollie Wrestling. Remember that. If he can win. Now, I've been the guy that for weeks and weeks have been saying, hashtag justice for Fuego. Tony Khan, sign the fucker if you're going to bring him on the road every week. So the match goes and immediately Fuego hits a tornado DDT. Boom, second tornado DDT. Miro falls to the floor. Miro barely beats the count at nine. They tell us on commentary, you know, Miro, Miro can lose this match by count out. 
and Flagle wins the match, not the title, but still gets the contract. And I'm like, yeah, please don't do that. Miro then gets in the ring. Another DDT. Fuego goes to jump off the top rope. Miro catches him. Samoan drop. Miro hits the Machka kick. Miro hits the game over. As soon as he locks it in, pulls it back. Fuego's tapping. So we go, uh, Fuego didn't get his contract. Match ends. Miro grabs the contract. <sighs> rips it up. We go to commercial. We come back. Fuego's still in the ring. And Sammy Guevara's music hits. Jericho goes, hey, that's my boy, Sammy Guevara. Sammy comes out, and he comes out with Tony Khan, who's got a clipboard. <laughs> and Jericho goes, hey, that's Tony Khan. He said he didn't want to be on TV. He's never been on TV before, which is not true. He was on the first episode of Dark Elevation, yelling at, Kenny, hey, Kenny, you're going to face Matt Seidel. Sammy says that Fuego's his best friend. Yes, you're one in 50, but who cares about that? Because these people here love you. That a lot of guys in the back also love you. And he was given the okay by TK to come out here and say officially Fuego del Sol is all elite. Now, I don't know, and this would be interesting to know, if Fuego knew that this was going to happen. Because Fuego's reaction, unless he's a great actor, led me to believe that he may not have knew that this was going to happen. That he just thought, oh, I'm losing the match. I'm still not getting a contract. Whatever. Okay, cool. But Fuego was crying and emotional and all kinds of, you know, just... It was a good moment, but it was placed wrong. I don't think it should have been done like this. When you do a match where it's if you don't win, you don't get a contract. But then two minutes later, get the contract, even though you lost. That tells us right now, stipulations don't matter. It tells us that we're going to add a stipulation to this match. But it doesn't matter because we're still going to give the guy the contract like two minutes later on the show. Let that soak in for a second. And one more second. Yeah, it, it, it was dumb. I love that Fuego got signed. Because like I've been saying, if they're going to take the guy on the road every single week, if he's going to be there, just always being a great player, a great just member of the roster, make him officially a member of the roster. But nothing was announced for next week's AEW Rampage. They hyped it up big in the United Center in Chicago. It's the first dance. That's all we got. They didn't announce any segments. They didn't announce any matches. Just another one of these goddamn AEW tagline special names. AEW Rampage, the first dance. But they told us that on Dynamite next week, Darby Allen and Sting will take on 2.0 in a Texas Tornado match. Jericho will take on MJF, where the Judas Effect is banned. Sammy Guevara will be making a major announcement and taking on Sean Spears. And the AEW World Tag Team titles will be on the line when the Young Bucks defend against Jurassic Express. So then we got, this was not needed at all. A stupid little, we got a back and forth, but we can't have them together right now. They got to be from different parts of the building, and Mark Henry's going to moderate it. Burt Baker and Brett Velvet, Red Velvet both spoke to Mark Henry. Velvet said that she's interrupted Baker's promo last week as revenge for her hitting her with a crutch. She says she's going to ruin Baker's night yet again. Baker said that she didn't ruin anything because it doesn't rain in Pittsburgh while Baker is a champion. She, says she said this is her city, and at the end of the day, it'll be, quote, and still AEW Women's Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And so we got that match. It was Britt Baker versus Rebel. No, Red Velvet. Britt Baker with Rebel against Red Velvet. And the match itself was all right, but I didn't feel any, anything special about this match. I never really once really got in to the match. It was like, okay, this is all right. This isn't bad, but it wasn't great or anything. It had a great crowd because they were in Baker's hometown, and the crowd really recepted to her tremendously. But without this crowd, if, if it was just any other week, 
this crowd would have just been normal. Just, they wouldn't have like gone crazy for this match if it was anybody else or any other week. So, Britt Baker, I assume she's cleared. Because this would be dumb of her if she's not. But she wrestled with the cast on, and they did spots to the wrist. Spots to the wrist. So I assume she's cleared to do that. Anyways. Baker went for the lockjaw really quick, and Velvet went for the final slice right away. Velvet had Baker scouted, manip- or maintaining control through a technical exchange. They pie-faced one another, and Velvet rolled Baker up for a two. Velvet had a chance to stomp Baker's broken wrist, but hesitated at first, and they resumed their technical sequences. Red Velvet targeted the arm at one point, but Baker caught her with a back elbow. A drop kick from Velvet, followed by a standing moonsault, got a two going into a commercial break. Baker was in control upon return, but Velvet cut her off with a ripcord forearm. They showed Chris Statlander sitting in the front row, and they also showed an arm breaker by Velvet get a two. Baker came back with a swinging neck breaker, then locked on a crucifix for a two. She immediately tried to turn it into a lock job, but Velvet turned that into a cradle of her own. Velvet tried to rip off Baker's injured wrist, or wrist apparatus, cast, whatever you want to call it. But Rebel tried to interfere, and it was enough of a distraction for Baker to roll Velvet up for a near fall. The official ejected Rebel and said, I've had enough of this, you're out of here, as we went to another commercial break. Velvet hit a thrust kick and a top rope moonsault. Baker then hit a Yushigoroshi at one point for a near fall, followed by a curb stomp for another two count. And Jericho went on and on about, oh, now that's a real curb stomp. That's a curb stomp there, Excalibur. That's a real curb stomp we saw right there from the champ, the doctor. I mean, whoa, calm the fuck down with that. Red Velvet went for a lockjaw of her own. And as... Britt Baker's trying to reverse this lockjaw. She can't help but just grinning ear to ear. Trying to get out of this lockjaw, but she's like elated to be in front of this crowd, and she just can't help but smile. Supposed to be selling this like, oh, crap, I got to try and get out. Nope. Big old showing teeth and everything. Anyways, Baker used the ropes to reverse it. The velvet hammered on Baker's injured wrist, but Baker applied the lockjaw. And immediately, Red Velvet would tap out. So after the match, Baker's parents were shown in the front row. Baker hit almost like a... Baker hit something kind of like a a lightning spiral on Red Velvet, and Chris Statlander would hit the ring to make the save. Basically, this is setting up Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander at All Out. Then, a mystery woman would run out, and she would attack Chris Statlander, saving Britt Baker. Remember a couple weeks ago when Baker said not just having Rebel is enough to watch her back. She needs somebody else. Well, it's Jamie Hayter. You may be saying, who? Who's Jamie Hayter? Or you may be like the thousands of people on Twitter going, oh, fuck, I thought that was Becky Lynch. Oh, fuck, I was scared that Becky Lynch defected to AEW. Oh, my God. When I first saw that woman, whoever she is, I thought that was Becky Lynch. Trust me, I read about, I scrolled through about a thousand. Immediately, when Dynamite went off the air, Becky Lynch was trending. Because everybody kept saying, that woman, not Jamie Hayter, but that woman who came out to save Britt Baker looked like Becky Lynch. I almost screamed when I thought that woman was Becky Lynch. This didn't hit on any level. Because it is somebody that, 90% 90% of this fan base, if not more, ain't going to know who she is. They try to tell us, that's Jamie Hayter. She's from the UK. You may not remember her because she hasn't been around for two years, but she's completely changed her look. I didn't think this hit at all. I didn't think this was the right move to do. I didn't think this was great. Because, again, it's somebody that we didn't know. And when you do something like this in the main event, it's got to be big. And this just didn't hit big at all because, again, it's Jamie Hayter. No offense to Jamie Hayter, but nobody knows who she is, especially when you change your look, especially when you've only had, like, I'm going to look it up right now, one match for AEW, maybe two. Oh, and they announced that she's officially signed. Jamie Hayter is all elite. As far as her working, all elite wrestling. One, two... 
He's worked two matches for AEW in the past, and one of those was a loss to Britt Baker in the same building in 2019. In the same building in October of 2019. Her other match was in North Carolina, Charlotte. It was on Dynamite. She teamed with Emi Sakura to defeat Riho and Shanna. But regardless, I thought the the match itself was all right. Nothing special. And then the end, to me, just fell flat as flat can be when you have somebody come out to save somebody and it's somebody that most people don't even know who it is. Like, what were they thinking? This is your debut show and you ended on a flat note, a dull note? Mm-mm. It just did not work, ladies and gentlemen. Alan Reed in the YouTube chat says, I thought that was Becky at first, dot, dot, dot. So, there we go. But they did set up. They did solidify, even though they kind of told us on on Dynamite, it's Britt Baker defending against Chris Statlander at All Out. But with that, guys, now I know what you guys thought of tonight's Dynamite. Let's check the polls. Not Dynamite. Rampage. 100% of you on Twitter, Twitch, liked Rampage. Awesome. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 76% of you liked the show. 13% thought it was just all right. And 11 did not like it. But before we check the text messages, I want to tell you that this podcast, this SmackDown and Dynamite, nope, SmackDown and, and Rampage debut, review, review, let's start that over. I want to tell you that this SmackDown and AEW Rampage review is brought to you by Homage. Need vintage wrestling shirts? Like this one I'm wearing right here? One, two, three, kid. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well, you can do so. You can get it by heading over to homage.com slash WWE. One thing that you'll notice about their shirts is the quality and the comfort. And I can say right now, I don't like thick t-shirts. Whew, this shirt breathes. It is thin. It's lightweight. I love it. Plus, well, they have a sizable collection of WWE designs, plus many other designs. If you go, eh, I got enough wrestling shirts, but let's see what else they got. They've got something you'll probably like. Basically, you're going to fall in love with them, and they will become your favorite new t-shirt brand. When going to Homage and checking out, use code PWUNLIMITED15 at checkout to get 15% off of your purchase. Also, use the link in the description below, pwunlimited.co slash homage, to support us here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited when going over to Homage to purchase some t-shirts. So with that, remember, you can get a shirt just like this one, one, two, three, kid, or any other of their wrestling shirts, like the Bash at the Beach logo and so forth, by heading over to homage.com and using PWUnlimited15 at checkout for 15% off of your purchase. All right, guys. So with that, bum, bum, check the text messages. First text message says, how happy are you that Christian Cage won the Impact World title and Fuego Del Sol now being all elite? So I'm happy Fuego got signed. I'm happy. I don't like the way they did it, but I'm happy. As far as Christian, if it wasn't so predictable, I probably would like it more, but eh. It's just a way to get the title off Kenny. Kenny's probably going to lose again tomorrow to Andrade with the mega title. I'm going to say that too. Versus I think SmackDown Live. It's not SmackDown Live. Why do these people keep thinking that? They haven't had the live branding on it since they went to Fox. I think SmackDown did all right tonight. I know all the championships at SummerSlam going to retain unless Raw Women's Championship. Do you Usos? Whole, okay. If you, if, I'm not even going to read this. It's, it's, the sentence structure is hurting my brain. Do you Usos? No. Or says, I think Christian Cage will beat Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. You're delusional, bro. Don't mean that in a in a rude way, but yeah, no. Um, actually, Forbidden King says unless Becky dyed her hair blonde, I didn't think it was her at all. Well, actually, that's Becky's hair color when it's not orange. Like the hair color she's had since she stopped dyeing her hair when she got pregnant is the hair color of Jamie Hader tonight. Maybe a tiny bit more brown, but anyways, this person says, I know it's early. Are you, are you be, 
I'm not even going to read that. Again, if I can't even read the question or the, the text message without having to stop myself and try to comprehend it before I read it out loud, I'm not going to read them. I'm just not. I'm not. Chris says, do you think CM Punk is in talks with WWE? I say this because WWE has been uploaded tons of CM Punk matches. No. No. I don't. I think CM Punk's coming next week in the United Center. There's no reason to, to book that show in that building that close to when they're going to be in the same city for three fucking days if it's not CM Punk coming in. So, no. Or says, I was reading an interview with Roman Reigns, and he gave a hint about a match with The Rock and said that we could see that at the Mania in 2023. Your thoughts on waiting that long? I, I've been saying for a while that's what they're going to do. They're going to build Roman for like a year or two, and then finally The Rock's going to come in at WrestleMania either next year or the following year and, and beat him, get the title, and then probably just vacate it or something. But I think that is what they do, and that's something I've been saying for a while. So... Yeah, I've been saying that for a while. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, you can follow us on social media, Facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling ULTD. You can follow us on Instagram at PWUnlimited, Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and follow us on Twitter at PWUnlimited. So with that, guys, we will be back this coming Monday to talk about Monday Night Raw. Have a great night, have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time.